ask you this morning to turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. We'll start a reading there in verse 10. You can say, well, preacher, now you preached that text two weeks ago. Well, I did. We fix to get something else out of God's word in that same text. Two weeks ago, I preached on the first um, missionaries. This morning, I'm going to preach on the gospel of Christmas out of the same text. If Christmas was just about, if Christmas was only about a woman who became pregnant, and she had a story to tell how this happened, because she was engaged to a man, and he knew he wasn't the father of this child, but he believed her. And they had this story that they told to others. around the time that he had to go pay taxes so therefore he uh, travels into Bethlehem and she was close to giving birth and as they got there she knew the time was drawing nigh that she's going to have to deliver this child that she was carrying so once they got there they started looking for a place to stay but there wasn't one So finally they found a barn. They said, this is just what we'll have to do. This is just where it'll have to take place. And there she gave birth to a little boy. Somehow some shepherds heard about what was going on, and they went in and looked at this little boy, and then they went and told people what was happening. Then they went back to the fields to watch their sheep. Sometime later, some men came from the east. Somehow they knew that there was a child born. And they brought gifts and gave those gifts to him. If that was just the story, it wouldn't even make a good nursery rhyme. If that's what the story's about, excluding Christ, you couldn't keep a child's interest any today. So let me tell you the story again. There was a young lady named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph who was a godly man and she a godly lady. The angel of the Lord came to her and told her that you're blessed. Because God has chosen you to give birth to the King of Kings. She asked the question, how can this happen? I know not a man. The angel informed her that what's conceived in view will be conceived of the Holy Spirit of God himself. She told this godly man what had happened. And he had a choice to have her stoned to death. But also he was busy. And he knew truth of what had happened. 
they travel into Bethlehem, there was no place to be found for her to have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the reason that this all took place was, was because man had sinned against the Holy God. And God in eternity past knew that man would be damned. Man would be uh, despised. Man would left to himself would truly perish and get his just reward. And in the great love of our God, he could not bear that. So he made a plan. He devised a plan that he would send the best that glory has. Born in a manger. much a story to it when you take Christ into account. Not much celebration when you take Christ into account. This morning I want us to look at the gospel of Christmas. Now the gospel we know is called the good news. And I'm going to say this, the gospel is Jesus Christ because outside Jesus Christ there's no good news. He is the gospel. He is the good news. Look there with me in chapter 2 of the book of Luke, starting there in verse 10. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men dear heavenly father we come to you today and Lord I pray that you do something within us this morning in your word that you move on us in a great and mighty way things that we couldn't even expect or even think of that you do within us Lord, I pray a conviction upon myself that, Lord, that I will not take one thing of Christmas, that I won't look upon one thing of Christmas without putting you in it, that you will be lifted up, that Christ will be exalted through me. So, Lord, we turn this time over to you for your move. Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Can you imagine the privilege, the honor it was for this angel of the Lord to come to these shepherds and announce the birth of the Savior, God's Son? Can you imagine the privilege and the honor this angel had in being able to do that? This unnamed angel was soon followed after he made this great announcement this great honor that had been given to him, he was soon followed by a multitude of angels praising and glorifying God. 
What a privilege that angel had, isn't it, Brother Charles? Today, we as children of God have a greater privilege of proclaiming the gospel to each you say, well, how is that? You know, uh, these angels had never sinned, but you and I can speak from personal experience of the saving, great power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a greater privilege today and a greater honor than the angel who announced his birth. We have a greater privilege and a greater honor to be able to tell this world. this morning I want us to look at reasons that the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ, some reasons that he's just that. The gospel is good news because one thing that I see even it tells us in this passage of scripture, the good news, uh, is the, the gospel is the good news because it banishes fear. Look there with me in verse 9 and 10 again. It says, Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were sore afraid. They were afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. The gospel is the good news because it banishes fear. And the first two points will tie in together. And I want this to concentrate, I want us to focus on this. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ banishes fear. They were so afraid and then the angel says, fear not. You see, Jesus, who is the gospel, will remove fear in your life. You say, well, how do you figure that? Well, I can tell you how. You know all these things that we worry on? I would believe that most of us would say that we were worried about something two months ago. Would you believe that you probably was? And would most of us say, I can't even remember what it was. There's so much worry and there's so much fear in the world today. If we were just to take the fear within two square miles of us right now and were able to take all the fear, all the concern, all the worry that within two square miles of us right now be placed upon us, we would die of a heart attack in 15 seconds. We wouldn't be able to bear it. Would you agree? If we were just to look inside the homes within two miles of this, high, of this church, can you imagine the terror and the horror you would look at? Fear. Fear. And actually, you say, well, what about worry and concern? Well, I'm going to tell you, that's actually fear. You've put fear in front of faith. That's what it's happened. That's what causes fear is worry and concern. You see, Jesus is the gospel. He's the good news because he removes fear. I want us to go into this second one, and I'll give the reason for that. But you also see that the gospel is the good news. Jesus is the good news because it brings great joy. Look there uh, with me again in verse 10. And it says, The angel said unto him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You see, Jesus banishes fear. Well, how does he do that? He replaces it with joy. Joy replaces it. Christ brings joy into the lives of all who will come and trust Him in all things. 
John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus tells us, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now, I didn't say your joy would be pretty good, or you're going to have quite a bit. No, Jesus Christ said that, uh, that uh, he spoke these things to give us his joy, that his joy would remain with us, and that our joy would be, what? Full to the top. See, there's no room for fear when you got that much joy. I'm going to ask you this morning. In the world in which we live today, all the disappointments and the discontentment and the sadness that people have. Have you seen that this week? You know, as uh, we think upon this holiday season, this is the time of year that they say more suicides occur this time of year than any other time. ask you, what are you scared of this morning? What are you fearful of this morning? When Jesus talks about leaving his joy, let it remain with you, that your joy may be full, what he was actually saying, if you back up in the passage of scripture in chapter 15, you'll see that he was talking about how that he's to abide in you, and you abide in him. You see, Jesus wants to lead us in every aspect of our lives. Every moment of every day, he wants to control, guide, and oversee everything in our lives. Everything that you do, every thought that you have, every action that you carry out, Jesus Christ wants to be over that. Amen? You believe that? Of course he does. And what he's saying, that this joy, that he's going to allow his joy to remain in you and that your joy might be full, it is in this way, abiding in Christ and Christ in you, that we can have life and it more abundantly. Are we living life and have it more abundantly today? Is our joy so full that it uh, rolls out of us that when people see us, they know that we're joyful because we're full of it? You see, Jesus wants us to succeed. You believe that? You believe that Jesus wants you to prosper? You believe that Jesus wants us to win in life's walk? Well, of course he does. What are you fearful of this morning? What's your concern? What's your worry? What makes you discontented? Whatever that thing is, whatever that worry, whatever that concern, whatever that fear is, it's robbing you of joy. So you know what you got to do? This is pretty simple. It has to be if I can come up with it because the Word of God showed it to me. You know how you get over those things? Just put more Jesus in you. That's it. Well, now, preacher, this is a pretty bad situation. Put more Jesus in you. Well, you don't know, I'm a worry wart. You need to get more Jesus in you. Well, you know, I, I just, there's no end to this. There's no way I'm going to be able to get through this. Put more Jesus in him. If your joy is not full today in this great time of celebration of Christmas that we have, we need to put more Jesus in it. Amen? Put more Jesus in it. Jesus banishes fear, and Jesus brings great joy. 
something in this passage of Scripture that brings true joy to my heart. The gospel is the good news because it's for all people. Look there in verse 10, and it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Boy, I'm glad that didn't say just to the Jews. I'm glad today that that just didn't say to all that are rich. I'm glad today that that didn't say uh, to all of this certain skin color. No, but the Word of God says to all people. Haggai calls Christ the desire of all nations. You know why that prophet would say that? Because all need him. All nations need him. We can look around the world today and we see the confusion in the Middle East. We see all the things that are happening, that is happening there. I had a man come up to me one time and he said, I figured out how to be a millionaire. I said, how's that? He said, I'm going to sell rocks. I said, sell rocks? He said, yeah, in the Middle East. He said, I know it's a, a, a lucrative market because every time you see them, they're chunking them. I believe no one in this room would say that Jesus Christ is not needed Middle East. Amen? I believe everyone in here would say, you know what? The Jesus Christ is needed in Asia. Jesus Christ is needed in Africa. Europe. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus also is needed in America. He is the good news. He's the desire of all nations because all nations need him. What would this world look like? Let's even bring it in. What would Arkansas, we would even bring it into Monticello. Let's carry it to Walmart. What would Walmart look like if everyone that walked in there was full of the joy that Christ had given them and they were seeking to please him? What would your shopping experience be like? different it is over there I promise you it would be different and I believe that each and every one of us in this room say well man I wish that's the way that it was I wish that's exactly the way that it was that all people of all nations of all race of all uh, 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 classes of people they sought Christ in all things show you something in this passage of how this starts, how this can be achieved. Look there with me in verse 11. The gospel is good news because it emphasizes the individual. Look there in verse 11. Unto you is born this day. Now I just said which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David the Savior. Well, wasn't that self-explanatory when he said it's for all people? But then he turns around and said, but unto you, unto you today. See, the good news, the gospel of Christmas is good news because it emphasizes the individual. So actually, 
what it's saying is I live my life in such a way that that's the way I wish the world was. How can Walmart be changed today where everyone's seeking Christ? Well, I tell you what, you started in your own heart. People will sit around, and I've said it myself, I wish America would change. I desire a change for America. I desire that, uh, uh, that we, we start seeking Christ in actions, and then somewhere in my words between what I say and my heart, I never seek God to change me in it. Oh, I want you to change. I want my community to change. I want my state to change and my country to change. But I'll never ask God to help me change and be exactly what he'd have me to be in it. But you see, the good news, the gospel, is individual. Amen. It is for all people, praise God for that. But it is personal, too. Do you want to see our community change? Now, you answered this a while ago. Of course you do. Do you want to see Arkansas changed? Do you want to see America changed? Do you want to see this world changed? Then you start taking the gospel and you make it personal to you. You allow God to change you. Allow God to start working in your life and you start seeking those things that are above. The gospel is the good news because it emphasizes so actually what that's saying is I can take Christmas today, the celebration of Christmas, and I'm going to make it personal to me. And actually you're held accountable personally for how you live. I'm going to take Christmas today and I'm going to make it a personal experience to me. I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to let God search my heart. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit move in my life, convicting me, and I'm going to keep prayed up that I'll be everything that Christ would have me to be this Christmas. This Christmas. But also the gospel's good news because it's safe. This is going to carry us further with this Christmas time. It says, verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. Which is Christ, the Lord. See, Jesus Christ, as he was then, as he is today, and will in eternity past, or in eternity future, is the Savior from sin. Not just the Christmas. He's that Savior that takes man's sins once they start seeking him and call upon him and ask him to take those sins. He is that Savior that will remove those sins, send them as far as the east is from the west, brings that blessed hope and makes us sons of God. But he's also that savior from self. We see in commercials, things on television that they say, this is the season of giving. You seen that? This is the season of giving. No, that's the world's view of it. No, it's just not. I'm going to tell you the season of giving for God's people is every day, all day. 
not just in Christmas. Our hearts will be so full of joy come June that we still have Christmas on our minds. Today, next month, and the month after that is a season of giving to God's people. When God's people get right, and we start seeking a Savior that will remove us from ourselves and we'll start making it about Him. Every day is a Christmas. Every day is a glorious getting up Easter morning to God's people. Every day is a time of giving of ourselves to Him. The gospel is good news though, also because it glorifies God. It glorifies God. Say, well, how's that? Well, God's plan was to redeem mankind from sin and self and Satan. And he had to devise a plan because man can't have that plan. We're not holy enough to devise a holy plan. And he has said through that divine plan that he'd have to shed the blood, that if the life would have to be taken of something that was willing to, uh, to lay that life down as a sacrifice, perfect, without sin, to die for sin. It was God's plan to send Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ carried out God's plan perfectly. And through that, Christ, carrying out that plan, glorified God the Father in the plan. You see, the gospel proclaims God's remedy for sin. Surely God's people don't sit around on their hands and wait until sometime in December to start telling others about the light that's come in this world. Surely God's people don't sit around and uh, think, well, you know what, there's fixed to come a time we're going to have to start giving a little bit in December. Let's put things aside. Surely that's not the only time God's people will get excited enough to tell what Christ must do. Surely God's people will not rob our children and grandchildren of just waiting till once a year. Christmas is, and it's all about Christ in our lives, we can celebrate and worship the way we should. And who will resist that celebration? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and thank you today that there is a time as a historical fact, a biblical fact, that you did send your only begotten. And Lord, I believe it the exact way the word tells it to be because it's fact, it's your word. And I'm thankful today that as you sent your only son that you thought of me in it. 
life that he lived here without sin. I thank you for the sacrifice that he made for me, that he became my sin, not his. And I'm thankful today that he arose and is seated right here right now intercedes for me praying. I'm thankful for the Savior that was born in Bethlehem. The Savior who was di- uh, who died on Calvary's tree and arose three days later is my King. He's my Lord, my Redeemer, my hope, and my joy. Thank you for Jesus. He's invisible. 